I felt like out of nowhere the Lord dropped this these words in my spirit and uh, and I felt like I need to preach today from this Proverbs 26 and verse number 11 once one one verse of scripture says as a dog returneth to his vomit so a fool returneth to his folly just like just like that dog will return to its vomit a fool returns to his folly and these are the words that I heard I wasn't thinking about this scripture I had this scripture is nowhere on my mind and these are the words that I heard in my spirit when I was driving home the other day the folly of a fool the folly of a fool and so it's going to be a little different change of direction from where we've been the last few minutes how many is going to go with me amen. amen lord we love you we thank you for your sweet presence that is here today help us right now god as we go into your word give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what the spirit says help your servant lord in jesus name amen god bless you you may be seated I won't stay very long on this because I don't, I'm not trying to be graphic this morning or gross. But probably everybody in here, we live in the South. Anybody glad to be from the South? We cook better in the South. I loved my grandmother from up North. And I've got two extremes. I had a grandmother from Massachusetts and I had a grandmother from Mexico. Now, that's about, that's pretty extreme right there. And um, I love my grandmother from Massachusetts. She passed away a year ago, and y'all remember me going to that funeral in Florida. And um, she, was a, a, she was a snowbird, and they had made their way down to, to Florida and been living there the past many, many, I guess several decades now. And I remember one Christmas we were going around and we were getting getting ready to eat and and uh, now when it came when it came to tenderizing meat and getting you a good marinade for your steak, she could do a great job. But when it came time to cooking vegetables, God bless her. That's a good Southern saying. That bless her heart, Lord. That, that covers a multitude of things when you say bless their heart. And so if you do it this way, you don't have to say nothing, okay? I'm, she would just take that can and she would just dump it in a pot, put a little water in it. I'm talking specifically on this occasion, it was green beans. She had just, she'd warm, warm them up and serve them. And my mom, she put bacon in the green beans. You know, potatoes, seasonings. Matter of fact, we've got this one little deal we do at Thanksgiving. Uh, this has nothing to do with my message. Uh, but I do feel very inspired right now. We have this deal we do. We, they take these green beans. What do they call those, Sean? Green bean bundles. They wrap, wrap them with bacon, put brown sugar on them. 
bake them in the oven. I feel my help coming on right now. <laughs> Stick a little toothpick through them. That thing, that's like eating dessert. And, uh, I mean, they've, that, that side of my, my, my mom's side of the family, it's a totally different story, you know. But, so we were having Christmas in Florida with my other grandmother, and she had cooked those green beans like that. And so I was, I went by, and I remember this to this day, I got three green beans. <laughs> my plan was I was going to act like I had already eaten a bunch of them. You know, when she came around, I was going to have one on my fork, acting like I had just been devouring green beans, but I was just going to get three. And my dad saw me, and my dad cannot pass up an opportunity to pick. He said, what's, what's wrong, Kenneth? You only got three green beans on your plate. I was so mad because I didn't want to hurt my grandmother's feelings. And, and then I took that salt shaker, and I just poured that salt. <laughs> And I had those green beans. And uh, I said all that to say it's good to be from the South. Where we put brown sugar and bacon and Tony Chasserets. Anyways. And uh, being from the South, we see things that not everybody else has seen. And you've probably seen a dog at some point that did what this scripture was talking about. It ate something, made itself sick, and then after it lost what made it sick, it went right back to it and, and ate it again. And you think, you think, you crazy dog, what are you doing? And I've seen that happen several, several times, and, and maybe you have too. And the scripture used that as a picture for us to say, just like that dog does that, a fool will return to their folly. Even fools who come into the presence of God and they sense the glory of God and the power of God moves in their life, even that fool, because he is foolish, will go back to the same things that had him in the position. That put him where he even needed a touch from God in his life in the first place. Saul, King Saul, was a scriptural illustration of the fool. And he pronounced his own guilt. And probably did not even realize the full weight of his words. When he said in 1 Samuel chapter 26 and verse number 21. Saul said this, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. What was happening here is Saul was chasing David. He was trying to kill him. He was threatened by him, and he was trying to kill him. And so David uh, and some of his men snuck into Saul's camp. They were asleep, and none who should have been guarding the king awake. And they came up and they stole his spear, and they stole his cruise of water. And the next day, when, they, when those men woke up, David said, Look here, Abner, who was supposed to 
be the captain of the guard. Look here, Abner, he said, you have done wrong by your king. We could have gone in there and taken his life. But all we brought was this cruise of water and this spear. And uh, in Saul, the scripture said, shows us that he was very, uh, he was smote in his heart when he thought about what he'd been doing. And I believe he was as sincere as could possibly be. He said, I have sinned. Return, David, I will no more do you harm. Because my soul was precious in your eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. I don't know if Saul really realized what he was saying there. But he was saying exactly what Proverbs 26 and 11 had, was saying as well. That as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. Because Saul would go on multiple times to return to his folly. He would continually allow his insecurity to drive him back to the folly of seeking to destroy David because he could not get over the fact that God could put an anointing on somebody else too. Let me just tell you something today. You don't ever need to be jealous of anybody else's anointing. You don't need to worry about who, who, who uh, has what anointing and, and how God uses them and don't compare yourself among some. If I compared myself with other preachers, I'd be pretty disappointed. If I compare, thank you for amen in that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now it's the truth. If I compared myself to other singers, I'd be sorely disappointed. Y'all can amen me. It's okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to scare y'all. It's the truth. And 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 if you compare yourself to somebody else's singing or playing or or teaching, or preaching, or, 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 or cooking, or serving, or whatever it is, you're going to find somebody that's going to make you look pretty shabby. We don't compare ourselves among ourselves. God didn't call you to be them. He called you to be you. Let me tell you one thing I am more than happy to do. I'm not looking to go anywhere else. I'm not looking for some other church. I'm not trying to, to climb the ranks of churches so that I can pastor the biggest church and I can say, look at all the people that I get to preach to every week. I have no, no desire for any of that because I am very confident in where God has placed me. We've got to be comfortable being who we are. Insecurity is your enemy. Do you hear me? Insecurity is your enemy. I have come to learn through the years that the most foolish people I have ever met are people who are driven by insecurity. And I felt like there's three things I need to tell you to be secure in. The first one is this. You need to be secure in who your God is. You need to be secure and confident in who our God is. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He is beginning. He is ending. He is first. He is last. He is author. He is finisher. He is the one who was. The one who is. The one who is to come. He is the Almighty. He is the Lion. He is the Lamb. He is our Defender. He is our Banner. He is our Provider. He is our Peace. He is our Shelter. He is our Great God. And there is nobody like Him. 
Let me tell you what I felt in my spirit to point out to you specifically about who our God is. If you would put 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 9 up on the screen, please. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse number 9. The scripture says, God is faithful. God is faithful. And I've come to tell you today who our God is. I want you to know we serve a faithful God. I want you to know that we serve a God who is not lacking in the area of being consistent. Our God is faithful. It is part of His nature. He cannot be unfaithful. He cannot be inconsistent. Our God is faithful. And if you've been walking through storms or you've been trying to help somebody else walk through storms and you don't know what to do or you don't know what to say, let me help you today. I'll give you the words to say. You just look at them and tell them, our God is a faithful God. When it looks good, he's faithful. When it looks bad, he's faithful. Our God is faithful. Every day that I get up, I'm serving a faithful God. Every day that I make my way and I begin to do the things that I need to do, I'm serving a faithful God. He is faithful. He has been so faithful to me. In times that I've failed Him, and in times that I haven't been what I ought to be, God's been faithful. When I was, when I was where I should have been, He was faithful. When I wasn't where I should have been, He was faithful. When I made good decisions, He was faithful. When I made bad decisions, He was faithful. He has been so faithful. He is like a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. My God is a faithful God. And you need to know that. And you need to be secure in that. Our God is faithful. If you would give me 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse number 18. 2 Corinthians 1 and 18. Scripture says, But as God is true, not only is our God faithful, our God is true. There is, there is no variableness in Him, Paul said, neither shadow of turning. Our God is not wishy-washy. Our God is true. His way is still established. The way that He established all those years ago, we like to go back and say the, day, the, the way He established on the day of Pentecost, but I submit to you, it goes much further back than that. The way that he established was established way back in the book of Genesis. It's been blood and water and spirit, the pattern of it. It's been that for a long, long time, folks. He is true. And he never deviates from the pattern. And he never deviates from his word. Our God is true. Those sailors used to get out on the open seas. And they didn't have the high-tech uh, GPS systems that we have today. And they would look and they would try to find that North Star. Because they knew that North Star was exactly where it needed to be. And that it would never move. And they said, if I can just set my course by that star, I know I'll get to my destination. I may go through the fog. 
I may go through the storm, and I may not be able to see everything I want to see, but if I'll just set my course by that star, I'll get where I'm going. Well, let me tell you what. We're not just following the star. We're following the God who put the star in the sky. And our God is true. Let God be. Let God's word be true and every man a liar. But my God is true. And you've got to be confident in that. You've got to be secure in that. That our God will not lie to you. Our God will not forsake you. Our God will not leave you hanging. He is true. Can you say amen? amen. The second thing you need to be secure in is who you are. Everybody say who I am. Romans 9, verses 25 and 26. Romans 9, verses 25 and 26. I want to talk about who we are this morning. As he saith also in O.C., I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, that there shall they be called the children of of the living God. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you who you are today. You are not some orphan. That has been left by yourself. You are not somebody. That doesn't have a father. Looking out for you. But you are a child of the living God. You're not a child of a dead God. I said you're the child. Of the living God. You are the child of the living God. The, the old way we used to say it is like this. We've got royal blood flowing through our veins. You cut me and I bleed the blood of Jesus. I've got the blood of the lamb flowing through my body. I am a child of the living God. I'm not the child of just anybody. I'm not the child of somebody with no influence. I'm not the child of somebody who has a past that is checkered and dirty. But I am the child of the living God. I know that on my birth certificate it says I'm the son of Bill O'Connell. But in heaven there's another certificate recorded. And it says I am the son of the almighty God. That is who I am today. That is who I am. Not only am I the child of the living God. 1 Corinthians 7 and 24. 1 Corinthians 7 and 24 says this. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Not only am I the child of God, but I am the called child of God. And the thing that God has called me to is who I need to be comfortable being. That's who I've got to be comfortable being. I've got to be comfortable being called to be the man that Kenneth O'Connell is called to be. I'm not called to be you. I'm not called to be someone else. I'm not called to be some other pastor. I'm not called to, 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 to be some other father. I am called to be the father of Asher and Nora. I'm called to be the husband of Erica. I'm called to be pastor of sanctuary. I'm called to do what God has called me to do. And, and, and that is who I am. And I've got to hold on to that and get a grip of that. There are too many people. I know I'm, I'm touching something I touched a while ago. There's too many people that are chasing everybody else's callings. They're chasing everybody else's callings. And, and let me just tell you something right now. I, I, I can hear almost somebody saying, well, Elisha did get Elijah's mantle. 
And yes, he did. Elisha got the mantle of Elijah, but he never changed his name to Elijah. He was still Elisha. And God didn't ask him to do what he had asked Elijah to do. He asked him to do what he wanted him to do. And so you can get a mantle from somebody else, but you still have your own calling to contend with. God didn't ask you to be somebody else. Oh, God, let us be a church where we are comfortable being who we are called to be. If everybody in here gets to trying to be something different, there will be all kinds of fighting and fussing and all kinds of things going on. But if we'll understand and walk in the calling wherein we were called to be, if that is who we will become, this body will function the way that this body is supposed to function. Be comfortable with who God has called you to be. So we need to be secure in who our God is. We need to be secure in who we are. And the third thing is, we need to be secure in what we have. We need to be secure in what we have. And let me just tell you what it is that we have. We have the Word of God. Don't go looking for something else. Do you hear this, Pastor? Don't go looking for something else. Quit allowing somebody to get you off in other stuff that is not based in this. We have the word of God. You need to be confident in what we have. I know that, that they're coming against it. I know that as time goes on, it'll probably get worse and worse and worse. The scripture said that evil men shall wax worse and worse. Seducers. Deceiving and being deceived. We have to be confident in this word of God. That this is the final authority on all matters pertaining to our salvation on all matters pertaining to how we live on all matters pertaining to how we act this is what we have god has given us his word he said i'm not going to leave you with with with, with a lack of understanding i'm not going to leave you in a place where i've told you what i want you to do but you don't have any clue on how to go about it i'll give you my word my word is going to be a lamp to your feet it's going to be a light to your path if you'll hide my word in your heart, you won't sin against me. You won't fall into the folly of a fool if you'll hide my word in your heart. We have been given the greatest thing, the greatest physical thing in all of the world. Let me just tell you right now, you couldn't hold any amount of money in your hand today that would be worth more than what I hold in my hand right now. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. What I hold in my hand is worth so much. And God forgive us for taking this word for granted. And Lord, even more than that, forgive us for when we start trying to look for loopholes in this word. God, I want your word to be hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've been given the word. Not only have we been given the word, but we've also been given his spirit. Everybody say his spirit. Not only has he given me something physical, but he has given me something spiritual. He has given me his spirit. We are told over and over again in the epistles, be led of the spirit. Walk by the spirit. Be guided by the spirit. Now, you've got to watch out for the crazy people who, who want to claim spiritual things and, 
and their spirit doesn't line up with the word. Because the spirit and the word will always, always come together in alignment. Every single time they will come together in alignment. So you have to make sure that what you think you're feeling lines up with the word. But as it does, we have the spirit of almighty God. He said this about his spirit. He said, the Holy Ghost would lead and guide us into all truth. The Holy Ghost will lead and guide us into all truth. When the Spirit of God gets to moving in your life and you begin to feel the Holy Ghost, and you say, what are you talking about, feel the Holy Ghost? I don't understand what you're saying. What I'm saying is, when you begin to feel something inside of you telling you this is how you need to do and this is what you need to, how you should respond to this that is the spirit of god begin to move on you and and, and 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 try to impress you and direct you and lead you into certain ways and and you you got to make sure it lines up with that word but if it does woe be unto you if god starts trying to lead you by his spirit and you don't follow do you hear me it's one of the most dangerous things you could ever do is to not follow the Spirit of God as it is moving. We need to follow the Spirit of God in our personal daily lives. We need to follow the Spirit of God in our church services. Thank you for coming in here today and worshiping the Lord, exalting Him, lifting Him up. What has happened here today was so wonderful and so precious. It was a glorious thing that we would lift up our great God. The Spirit bade us to come this morning. And we have come, and I thank God for it. Thank God for you being sensitive to that spirit. But, oh, church, don't ever forget what you have. This thing called the Spirit of God that will lead and guide you into all truth. Don't forget what you have, the Spirit of God, that he said if you stand before somebody and, and you don't have to take thought of what words you're going to say, he said, I'm going to put words in your mouth. It's going to flow out of you. I'm, you just open your mouth and become the vessel and I'll allow it to flow out of you. We have God's word and we have God's spirit. Oh, aren't you thankful for what we have felt in this house today? It's the spirit of God. It's not anything that I manufactured. It's not anything that these, this praise team manufactured today. It is the spirit of God, be confident in it. Be confident. We've got to learn to walk after that spirit. Are we okay today? Because insecurity creates fools. And fools inevitably return to their folly. I looked up that word folly in Proverbs 26 and 11. And I said, I want to see what this word means. It's from the root word, ev-il. And it means Four things, there are four definitions given, and, and, and I want to share them with you. This is what folly is. Folly, folly, the fool and his folly. It is one who despises wisdom. One who despises wisdom. The wisdom of God begins to flow into your life from whatever source. Whether it be that word, whether it be his spirit, whether it be from the preaching of the word of God. Or, or godly counsel, when the wisdom of God begins to flow into your life and you despise it and you push it away and you say, that's not really for me. I don't, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want that. You better be careful because you are as the fool. 
returning to his folly. God has brought us so far. God has brought us so far. Why would we let him bring us to a certain point and then say, you know what, God, that's okay. I think I've got it from here. I think I can handle it from here, Lord. I, I think I, I, I'll push your wisdom away. And I think I'm going to just follow after my own feelings and the way I see this thing. Better be careful. You become as the fool returning to his folly. The fool despises wisdom. That is his folly. The second thing that the fool does. Scripture said, the, 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 the word of the scripture said this. It is one who mocks when guilty. Mocks when guilty. I've got some friends. One of them put it this way the other day. He said, he said, I, he said, there's a country song that I heard. It's like a parody or something. He said it's of a country song. And he said it said something to this effect. I don't even like the people I love. I've got friends I feel that way about. I don't even, I love them, but I don't like them. They give a hard time, you know. And we pick at each other. And we can be, we can be pretty, pretty brutal at times. Any, anybody have good friends like that? Yeah. And we can pick at each other pretty brutal. And one of them, um, we were giving him a pretty hard time one day. And, and so, y'all know that memes are all the rage now, right? These memes, these little pictures. And, you know, now we don't just respond. We just put a meme up. Or now it's a GIF. You can put a GIF. Up. I love that GIF thing on my phone, y'all. I'm having so much fun with that. And so um, I, I, I respond with pictures now, not words, okay? Going back, I guess we're devolving as a society. Going back to no words, <laughs> just grunt and show a picture, you know. <laughs> but this, we were giving him a hard time, and he posted this picture, and it was a, it was a kid laughing, and, and it said, when your friends are roasting you, and all you can do about it is laugh. Because you know they're right, you know. And uh, sometimes that, that's a funny way of saying what this scripture is trying to say. One who mocks when guilty. Sometimes when we find ourselves guilty. And the convicting word of the Lord comes to us in whatever form. Instead of receiving that word and responding to that word. We want to mock it. Well that's not that big a thing anyway. And I love this. Well, I guess if that's the case, then we should also da da da. And what are we doing? We're mocking. We're mocking as we're guilty. And we can try to push those things off and do all we want to do. But let me just tell you God's not, God's not fooled. And God's not going to chase your rabbit trail. And you can do all you want to do. You can be as the fool and his folly. And you can mock when you're guilty. Or you can be as the wise man who loveth instruction. You can be as the wise men. And you can be as those, the Lord, the, the scripture said, the Lord, whom the Lord chasteneth, he loves. And you can say, God's only doing this because he loves me. 
And if God loves me enough to let me know I'm guilty in some things, then I love him enough to respond and allow my life to get cleaned up. I don't want to be as the fool who goes back to his folly. The third thing it said that it means is that the fool in his folly, it is one who is quarrelsome. This is folly it's talking about. One who is quarrelsome. This is folly that fools keep going back to. They can't ever be peaceable. Have you ever known somebody that just can't get along? They cannot be peaceable. They cannot make peace. They cannot pursue peace. They, they, they just are always looking for a fight. Always looking for something uh, to, to nitpick at or be wrong. And I am saying today, let's not be quarrelsome. Let's not be quarrelsome. Let's not be find ourselves in the grips of the folly of a fool who God has done such great things in our lives, yet we have to keep coming back to find something to fight and fuss about. That is not the will of God for us. It is not the will of God for Let the dog go back to its vomit. But let us not go back to being quarrelsome. And the fourth thing that is representative of the folly of the fool is one who is licentious. That word just means unrestrained by law or general morality. It is an unrestrained individual who just does whatever they want to do. It doesn't matter what God had to say about it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter what, what, what uh, the pastor says about it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I am unrestrained. I, I, I just I, I do what I want to do. I make my own calls. I don't answer to a higher authority. God will not set the, the boundaries for me. I do what I want to do. I am unrestrained. And this is what the fool does. He can be in services like we've been in today. Feeling the presence of God like we felt today. I haven't been in the last two services here. But let me tell you. The last service I was here on that Wednesday night. Was one of the most powerful services we've had in this church. Unreal what happened in this room. And I'm going to tell you right now. How are we going to walk out of a service like that. And, and, and say okay now I'm just going to go do whatever it is I want to do. I'm just going to go back to my folly. And God is saying no don't do that. I'm trying to change you. I'm trying to transform you. By the power of my spirit. And he continually draws us. And draws us. We must not allow the folly of a fool. To become our stumbling block. I am telling you today. That Jesus is calling us to leave our folly. And to be truly transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. The things that have made a fool out of you and out of me. God wants us to forsake them. The things that have made us appear foolish. God wants us to forsake them. Don't be that Fool, going back, going back. Saul, but you prophesied with the prophets what happened. I decided to go back to my folly. But Saul, you had such a strong relationship with Samuel, that prophet of the Lord. What happened? I chose 
to go back to my folly. But Saul, you had heard the word, the clear word of the Lord that instructed you on what to do, what happened. I chose to go back to my folly. But Saul, why are you chasing David? He's done nothing but support you and be good to you. Why do you seek to destroy him? I am like the dog and the fool. I go back to my folly. In the end of Saul's life, the man who had been so anointed of God at one time, the man who had the call of God on his life to lead his people, that man died, the scripture said, as a fool. saw what happened I believe if we could hear him today his testimony would be I was like the dog who returns to his vomit I couldn't get over my insecurities and I kept going back to my folly but I am telling you if we will if we will remember who our God is who we are and what we have if we will hold those three things up And never forget them. Who our God is. Faithful and true. Who I am. I'm a child of the living God. And I'm called. And what we have. I've got his word. And I've got his spirit. If we will remember those things. We will not be led back to the folly. That destroyed us in the first place. Do not live the life of a fool. I don't know who I preach to today. But I know that God put this on me so strong. And I feel like the Lord is telling someone today, whatever it is that you're trying to go back to, he's, he's using this message today as a wall. He's trying to put a wall up in front of you. You're going to have to climb over this message today to get back to your folly. And God is saying, I love you too much to let you go without fighting for you and without putting a word in, in front of you. Don't be as the fool. Be as the wise. Who loveth instruction. Who loveth correction. The folly of a fool will do nothing but destroy you. But the wisdom of the wise. It will lead you in paths of righteousness. It will bring you closer to God. I'm preaching to us today to be careful. If you have made that turn on the path and you have turned your gaze back toward the folly that you have come from hear the word of the Lord today to turn back around I've got to get close to the Lord could we stand together right now Lord I preached your word here today And I've delivered this message that you put in my heart. God, I pray that all of us in this room today will receive your word. And if there is a folly that we have been drawn back toward, I pray in the name of Jesus that this will create enough of an alarm within us that we will resist that. We will turn back toward you. And we will continue to make our way down the path that you have ordained for us. In the name of Jesus.
I'm going to ask if they would today to just dim the lights a little bit. Somebody would come help me with the piano this morning. Is there anybody in this room that wants to step away from folly? I do. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Step out from where we are. Or maybe you want to sit in your seat and kneel forward. That's fine too. But find you a place today to pray. And if there's something been pulling at you, I'm asking you to allow the convicting presence of God that is in this room to draw you back toward Him and away from your folly. Don't be one who despises wisdom. Don't be one who mocks when guilty. Don't be one who is quarrelsome. Don't be one who is unrestrained. Don't go after the folly that put you in a situation like you're in in the first place. But follow the Lord. And where He leads us, we will follow.